So what's your podcast about? Superheroes. It's a little geeky, but I think you guys are going to like it. Try not to be too geeky. No, I can't promise that. Should we begin? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. And now, your hosts, Kelsey Dickerson, Brad Fay, Kate Fay, and Noah Berlin. Hold on to your butts. Welcome to the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. My name is Noah Berlin, and the rest of my fellowship, Brad, Kelsey, and Kate, are still wandering around the European countryside like some migrating Harfoots. So I'm back for a solo edition of Geek Peak, a shortened episode of the podcast with my top five takeaways from episode six of Rings of Power. Please, this is your warning, though. Be careful for spoilers if you haven't yet seen the episode. The episode is called Udun. Uh, but everything I'm going to talk about is just my reaction to the episode, as well as my own opinions and my own predictions. So no need to worry about any other spoilers for the rest of the season or any upcoming episodes. So getting into it, this episode was action-packed. Action we saw no dwarves at all, no Elrond, no Harfoots, and no Stranger. But that didn't matter because the battles were huge and the episode climax was literally an eruption. So now it's time for my top five takeaways from Rings of Power, episode six. Takeaway number one, MVPs and evergreen LVPs. So my MVPs for the episode were the fighters, literally all of them. It was amazing in terms of the, the choreography of all the fight sequences. I want to look up who did that and who was uh, the mastermind behind all that. But it really was unbelievable from all the orcs heads getting chopped off, uh, Aaron Deer in the tower shooting the arrows and doing all the badass things that the elves are known for and that he has done countless times throughout this season. Uh, Galadriel, she was on horseback going through the village, dodging spears. She's on the side of the horse. She's causing chaos. It was unbelievable what she was doing. Bronwyn held her own, saved Arendir from that massive orc that was about to kill him. Uh, Isildur, he jumped his horse over a whole crowd of orcs and people to save his dad. And all the Numenorians that came in and just were really badass. They had that one attack where they're coming through with the horses and a chain in between them. And they took out like 20 orcs. So that was unbelievable. Again, the MVPs, just the fighting, the choreography, and all the actors who, do, who did badass things. Now, the LVPs from the episode, there's two. And it's literally, again, these are evergreen LVPs. and are the same LVPs every single episode. On one hand, you have Theo. For some reason, Theo looked a little bit older in this episode. I don't know why, but he still has the same stupid haircut. So no need to worry there. And I just hate his face and his hair so much, um, independent of how stupid he is every episode. But of course, he messes everything up. They're hiding the hilt, the one thing that they can't get into the hands of the enemy. And he he spills the beans. He tells about this hiding place, which was actually pretty good. They buried it under the tavern there. I don't know if they would have found it, but it was a good hiding place. And of course, he's a little traitor. He sucks. He gave up the hiding spot. Uh, a little Easter egg, though, towards the end, when they think that they get the hilt back, when they capture Adar, uh, Aaron Deer is talking to uh, Theo and he's like, you know what? Don't beat yourself up about it. We got it back. 
here you go. Just give it to the Numenorians. They could toss it into the sea on their voyage home. And it just reminded me a lot of Isildur getting the ring in, in Fellowship of the Ring. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. Just you have the ring, toss it in, cast it into the flames, and we'll all be good. As we know, neither of those two things happen. My other evergreen LVP is Waldreg. I know you all saw it coming. This guy sucks. He's a complete idiot. He knows that he knows that the orcs and Adar are trying to kill all of the humans. He knows that's what he has to do now. He has aligned himself with a side that kills humans, which is terrible. He also knows that they sent in the orcs sent in on the front line all of his fellow humans to just die, to be used as fodder and get slaughtered on the front line. And he knows this, and yet he's still completely loyal for him. He's all, he's even he asks Adar, um, yeah, I don't want to be just disrespectful here, but um, where where's Sauron? What's going on with Sauron? It's a question that I have too. But no, he is an LVP. Of course, he takes the hilt. He activates the dam, and all the chaos happens later. More on that a little bit later. My takeaway number two: not Helm's Deep. They switched up on us, and actually, I give the show a lot of credit for what they were going to do because they set this whole thing up. We've seen it a million times where a group is severely outnumbered. They're holed up, and they're getting attacked, and they're on their last leg only for hope or and help to arrive at the last moment. We saw this in Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. When they're at Helm's Deep, the battle was incredible, and at the last minute, as everything is going bad, Gandalf uh, comes with with the elven or excuse me with the uh, army to come down and and save them there but they tricked us rings of power did a great job and they switched the whole game up so we think that this battle is going to take place at the watchtower there it turns out it does not that was a trap they uh bring the orcs in and erendir brings the whole tower down on him which was really badass to see and that was just a, such a cool scene and I just like that they switched up the expectations there and, and kept the viewers on, on our toes. So it was just very well executed all around. And Aaron Deere was a complete badass in that scene. Takeaway number three, Adar. So we finally get some of the backstory uh, of him and his character and who he is and what's going on with him and some of his motivations. And, and it's a little bit more interesting and intricate than I thought it would be. So the episode opens with him giving a whole hype speech to the orcs. We cast off our shackles. We have endured, uh, not as unnamed slaves in faraway lands. We're going to be free. And so it's like kind of like, these are orcs. Well, what do you mean unnamed slaves in faraway lands? But so he gets to that. We find out that Mor uh, excuse me, Adar is one of the Moriondor, which is basically early elves that were taken by Morgoth went many many thousands and thousands of years ago tortured twisted and made into a new and ruined form of life so basically he was one of the first orcs and probably is the oldest being that we've seen on this show so far but the the moriandor there's the sons of the dark like i said the first orcs and so all of these orcs have evolved from him and his kind so when they call him adar which is not his real name adar means father and so when they call him father they really mean it he could literally be the ancestors of a lot of the other orcs that we see in this series so pretty interesting but i also thought it was kind of cool how he really cares for the orcs like they're they not just his army and he doesn't give a shit 
he cares for these art orcs. He says each one has a name, each one has a heart, uh, and they're as worthy of a breath of life and just as worthy of a home. And so it's like that's kind of heartwarming, right? If they weren't just murderous, <laughs> crazy orcs, you'd feel a little a little bad for them. But he's just trying to have a home for the orcs. And he talks about Sauron's plan. We think, and Galadriel thinks, that Adar is a henchman, maybe a lieutenant for Sauron. He says that after Morgoth's defeat, the one you call Sauron, which implies that Sauron has multiple names and has had multiple names, something that has been talked about prior to this as well. But uh, after Morgoth's defeat, the one you call Sauron devoted himself to healing Middle-earth, bringing its ruined lands together in perfect order. He sought to craft a power, not of the flesh, but over flesh, a power of the unseen world. So he's basically talking about his whole plan and what he wants to do to be able to bind himself to these races and control them. And he says that something was missing and everything that he was doing, something was missing, a shadow of dark knowledge that kept itself hidden even from him. And so the thing that was missing, we're led to believe, is the one ring. So we'll see how that comes into play later. But Adar says, I've sacrificed enough of my children for his aspirations. I split him open. I killed Sauron. So do we think that Adar is being honest? Do we think that he killed Sauron? I don't know, right? Is he lying? I don't know. But we know that Sauron is a Meyer. And as a Meyer, just like Gandalf does, we see Gandalf die fighting the Balrog. And then Gandalf comes back from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White. So as Meyer, they're kind of these super powerful beings that live in mortal bodies. And when they die, they come back in a similar or a different mortal body. So that could be a hint of what is to come too. We also learned in this conversation with Adar that the preferred pronouns for orcs are actually Uruk. So please be respectful when referring to the Uruk. All right, takeaway number four, Mount Doom. We guessed that this was going to happen. I thought it was going to be the climax of the whole season and be the final or the end scene of the final episode where Mount Doom erupts. We actually see it at the end of this episode, which was pretty amazing to see. And so basically we know going into this episode, we knew that the orcs were staying hidden. And for years they were in the Southlands, they were kidnapping villagers and they were taking them as slaves so they could extend their tunnels across the Southlands. I thought, and a lot of people thought, that these tunnels were just for them to be able to move around. Since they can't be in the light, the tunnels kept them shielded. But it turns out the tunnels actually led to the base of Mount Doom. And the hilt that everything was leading up to, and and Adar and his forces were trying to get, Arondir and the humans were trying to protect, the hilt was the key to activating the dam, which flooded the whole area. The water went through these tunnels, and into the crater under Mount Doom. And once the water mixed with the lava, it created an eruption, which, as we know, covers the Southlands in smoke and ash for thousands of years. So when this is happening, it was kind of badass. The orcs are, excuse me, the Uruk are chanting Udun, which is the name of the episode. Udun means hell in Elvish, which is a fun fact. And as we see in the last scene where everything turns reddish-orange, it looks like a literal hell. So it's pretty cool, um, the visuals that were done in this episode at that point. And my final takeaway, takeaway number five, is Sauron. Everyone's talking about where is Sauron. We all want to know who's Sauron. Is Sauron someone we've already met and we don't know them as Sauron yet? Is Sauron someone that hasn't appeared yet? 
So this is my case for Hallbrand being Sauron. Last episode, I talked about how the stranger might be Sauron. But to me, there was a lot of signs this episode that links Hallbrand exactly to that. So first off, Hallbrand didn't want to go back to the Southlands. We saw him when he's in Numenor. He doesn't want to go back there. And he's like, a lot of these, my people, they wouldn't accept me back. But he goes there, not a single person recognizes him. So that's a little strange, right? When they first defeat Adar and, and they're in the forest and he's got a spear to Adar and he he looks like he hates Adar. He knows Adar. And he asks him, he says, do you remember me? Adar does not remember him. But it's obvious he hates him. And that was interesting as well. Later on, when Adar is tied up and Hallbrand walks in, Adar asks him again, who are you? Hallbrand just stops for a second and then walks away. So obviously there is a reveal here. And if we, as we were talking about, the Meyer, like Sauron, when they die, they come back in a different body. It's entirely possible that Hallbrand is Sauron. And when he's asking Adar if he recognizes him, it's because he, as Sauron, recognizes Adar, the man that previously killed him. So that's pretty crazy, pretty interesting. I don't know if this is something that they're doing to throw the viewers off the trail of where Sauron is. Maybe we haven't even seen Sauron yet, and he's revealed later on. But a lot is kind of adding up, and the puzzle pieces are starting to be put together here, which makes it pretty interesting. Also, it was bizarre when when Halbrand is brought before Bronwyn, brought before the Queen Regent, and Bronwyn asks him, is it true? Are you the king we were promised? And he just is like, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, I am. He just says yes, which is like the whole time he was saying he didn't want that. That wasn't who he was. It was just bizarre that he just kind of accepted it so quickly and just said yes. And then everyone's chanting, all hail, all hail, the true king of the Southlands. All hail, the true king of the Southlands. And I don't know, when they just say the true king, that just seems like something that Sauron's followers would say about him returning. The true king will, will return. Uh, and so, I don't know. Right now, if you ask me tomorrow, I don't know. If you ask me right now, I think Sauron is going to be our guy Halbrand couple of honorary mentions and looking ahead before we depart here they talk uh, multiple times about Isildur's mother um, she's mentioned multiple times it seems like it's leading to some sort of reveal so I'm kind of excited to find out what the deal is with his mother is she still alive is she not was she someone important who knows uh, character reveals excited to know the fate of Sauron and, and who he is the same with the stranger who we didn't see in this episode will be back hopefully in the next episode and then lastly i want to end with an awesome quote from the episode that bronwyn says to theo she says in the end this shadow is but a small and passing thing and true story i agree with that i thought that was a pretty awesome quote but anyway those were my top five takeaways from episode six of the rings of power and that's going to do it for this episode of the geek and you shall find podcast as always, we'll be back recapping every episode of The Rings of Power and of House of the Dragon. So make sure to hit subscribe and hit the little bell on YouTube to be notified when these episodes drop. Thanks to all our listeners in Croatia. Dovigenia. See you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Geek and You Shall Find podcast, powered by Superhero Faces. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Superhero Faces. And on Instagram at Superhero underscore Faces.